You're listening to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 92, Disappointment That Serves You. Welcome to The Thriving Nurse Podcast. This is the podcast for nurses who know that to take care of your patients and your family, first, you need to take care of yourself. If you're ready to create a balanced, beautiful, and bold life, you're in the right place. Hey there, everybody. What's up? Let's do a little COVID check-in. How's everybody doing? How are things going at your jobs? How are things in your communities? How are you feeling? I was thinking about how in 30 years, people are going to be asking, what was it like to be a nurse during the COVID pandemic? I mean, they already do ask that, right? But in 30 years, when we're more removed from it, I think it's going to be like even more mystical. But people are going to ask us that, right? Like, what was it like to be a nurse at that time? And I think it's so fascinating because every single nurse is going to have a different answer, right? Like, I don't live in a huge city. Like, my sister-in-law, she's an ER nurse in LA. And so her situation with COVID is very different than mine. But even those of us who live in the same town, work at the same hospital, even on the same unit... We all have our own individual, unique experiences of what it's like to be a nurse right now. And I just find that so interesting. And so I just wanted to check in with you guys, see how you're doing, how you're feeling, how are you holding up mentally and emotionally, because we've been doing this for a while now, right? Like in a couple months, we're coming up on a year. That's a long time. And so I just want to see how you're doing. I know I've heard different people say that they feel like since we've been doing this for so long, they feel like they should have it figured out by now. They should be doing better than they are. They shouldn't be so worried or so stressed anymore. And I want you to know that that's not true. That however you're feeling right now, that's exactly how you're supposed to be feeling. You're doing it perfectly. Because even though we're not a week in or a month in anymore, This is all still new for you. Every additional day is your first day being nine months into a pandemic or 10 months into a pandemic, right? This is the first time any of us have done it before. And so however you're doing it is perfect. So whether you're continually feeling overwhelmed and stressed out, that's okay. You're not doing it wrong. You shouldn't be doing it any better. Whether you're feeling pretty good some days and then other days it hits you again, that's all right too. And it's totally fine if you're feeling amazing, if you're feeling great, if you're enjoying this time with your family or having fewer distractions in your life. That's all good too. That's not a problem. So there's no right way to do this. There's no wrong way to do this. And I just want you to know that I'm thinking of you and I hope you're being compassionate with yourselves as well. All right. So today we're going to be talking about disappointment. Doesn't that sound like a fun episode? I actually had a lot of fun thinking about this episode. I sat on the couch with a cup of hot chocolate and I thought about all the times I felt disappointed in my life. (laughs) It's a really fun activity. If you're ever home, alone, just hanging out, have a quiet evening, I highly recommend it. Just sit on the couch, think about all the times you felt disappointed. (laughs) 
No, it was actually really interesting just to think about, you know, the times I applied for scholarships and didn't get them, or the times I went on dates and then it didn't work out, or when we were house hunting and I fell in love with this house and then we didn't end up getting it. So all of us have experienced disappointment in varying degrees in our lives, and it doesn't feel great, right? Like, I personally don't like to feel disappointed. It's not a super fun emotion, right? And so I want to talk about that today because I find it really interesting the great lengths we will go to avoid disappointment. So have you heard of self-handicapping before? It's a phenomenon or concept in the field of psychology that talks about one way that we avoid disappointment. So to give you an example of this, think about when you were in college. Maybe you had a big test coming up and you procrastinated studying for that test. And so all this time goes by and then it's the day before the test. You stay up late cramming for it. And then the next day you take the test and maybe you don't do as well as you would have hoped you would have done. But you kind of have an out, right? Like, there are all these reasons that it makes sense you didn't do good on the test. Your life was busy, you had a lot going on, you didn't have much time to study, you didn't get very much sleep. So it makes sense you didn't do well on the test. So instead of it being something about you, that you're not smart enough, that you couldn't handle the material, that you couldn't understand what was going on in the class. It doesn't mean any of that because you have all these other reasons you didn't do well on the test. So that's self-handicapping where maybe intentionally, but often not intentionally, often it's subconscious. We create these situations for ourselves where we couldn't do our best so that we don't have to feel disappointed in ourselves when we don't do as good as we hoped. Okay. So I think more commonly, we talk about this as self-sabotage, right? But to me, self-sabotage sounds kind of malicious, and I don't think that's the way we're doing it most of the time. A lot of times it's with the best of intentions. So another way that we do this, that we try to avoid disappointment, is by not pursuing goals. One of my members in Bold Nurse Society was talking to me about this because with it being New Year's and a lot of people setting resolutions, she had heard several people say that the reason they don't set resolutions is because they don't want to feel disappointed. Like if they don't achieve their goal, then they're going to feel disappointed. So they just don't set the goal at all. If I tell myself I'm going to work out three times a week and then I don't do it, then I might feel some disappointment. So often we just say, okay, I'm just not going to set the goal at all. I'm not going to try. And then I've avoided that disappointment. Now, I find this so fascinating because that's actually not what happens. We actually don't avoid disappointment. So yes, we might avoid the disappointment of not achieving the goal, but we still experience a different disappointment. And that's the disappointment of not trying. My husband, he's been thinking for a while now about getting his cardiac certification. It's been something that's been on his mind for a couple of years. And even though he hasn't taken the test and failed the test and felt that disappointment, I know he feels some other disappointment about not having done it yet. 
So he feels some disappointment whenever he thinks about, you know, I should have gotten the book by now. I should have started studying. I tried forming that study group and it didn't really work out. And so every time he thinks about his desire to achieve this goal, he feels a little bit of disappointment. Now, it's not the same, right? It's not the same as having taken the test and failed it. That's kind of a acute disappointment that feels a lot stronger. But it's this dull ache, this chronic ache of disappointment that comes up every time we think about our desire to achieve a goal. So I want you to just notice that you're not escaping disappointment. You're not avoiding disappointment by not pursuing a goal. You're just experiencing a little bit different flavor of it. So I was thinking about this. I was like, okay, if that's not how to escape disappointment by not pursuing goals, how can we fully 100% cut disappointment out of our lives? And you know the secret to doing it? It's to becoming completely apathetic, right? Like if we don't have any dreams or goals or desires, then we're not going to ever feel disappointed. But I don't think that's what most of us want, right? We don't want to not care about things in our lives. We want to care. We want to have opinions and desires and hopes. So the other day, my daughter felt some disappointment. My husband and I are both night shifters, and my husband, especially on his days off, he'll stay on kind of a modified night shifter sleep schedule. Like he'll still sleep for a good chunk of the day, but try to wake up a little bit earlier than he would if he was working on his days off. But sometimes his sleep schedule will get a little bit wonky where he won't be able to sleep in the morning, and so then he'll end up sleeping later into the afternoon. And yesterday, what happened was he couldn't sleep all morning, all afternoon, and finally he crashed and then ended up sleeping all the way through my daughter's bedtime. And she was so disappointed. She loves hanging out with her dad. She looks forward to that time when, you know, they can do bedtime story and snuggles, and she just really loves being with her dad. And so the fact that he slept through bedtime was pretty disappointing to her. I felt some compassion for her because I was disappointed too. I love hanging out with my husband and so not getting that time with him on his day off was disappointing, right? And so I felt compassion for her. I was like, that's a bummer that she feels so disappointed. But I kind of was glad she felt that way. Not that I was wishing disappointment on her, but the fact that she felt disappointed kind of told me that she cared, right? Like if she was like, meh, dad can be awake, he can sleep, I don't really care. I can see my dad, I cannot see my dad, it's no big deal. That's not really what I would want for her. I kind of want her to be disappointed when she doesn't get that time with her dad, right? So we want to care about things in our lives. We want to feel disappointed sometimes. We want to have desires and hopes. When we go to a job interview, we don't want to be like, meh, I don't really care if I get this job or not, whatever. We want to get the job. We want to have that desire. And so if we want to fully cut out disappointment, we have to cut out all of that. Any desires, any ambitions, any hopes and dreams. And that really takes the humanness out of us, right? We have to become robots. 
and it holds us back from living that full life we want to live. And so instead of trying to cut out disappointment altogether, I think the better option is to learn how to get comfortable with disappointment, to be more willing to feel disappointed. So we're going to talk about that in just a second, but I want you just to be on to yourself. We're not escaping disappointment by not pursuing our goals. We're just experiencing a different flavor of it. And so I want to choose the disappointment that's going to serve me in my life. Which type of disappointment is going to get me closer to where I want to be? Which type of disappointment is going to create the life I want? And for me, often that is setting the goal. That is trying to pursue something and dream big, right? Because if I set a goal to exercise three times a week, and I don't achieve it, I probably still got closer to where I want to be. Maybe I exercised a couple times a week, even if I didn't do it three times a week, or maybe I was exercising for a few months or a few weeks even, if, even if I didn't do it all year long, but I still probably did something that benefited me. And I probably learned in the process too. I probably learned what I enjoy as far as exercising. I probably learned some things about my body. I probably learned about my schedule, how to fit things into it. So all of that is going to serve me as I move forward in my life, whether it's the next time I try to set an exercise goal or any other goal, right, where I'm trying to squeeze things in. I'm trying to fit new things into my schedule and adjust. All of that is going to serve me. It's really valuable knowledge. Whereas if I don't even try, if I don't set the goal, I didn't learn anything. I didn't make any progress. I just stayed exactly where I was before. So I want to encourage you to think about that. Which disappointment is going to serve me better? I'm going to feel disappointed either way. Which one is going to help get me closer to creating that life experience that I want? Okay, so choose the disappointment that serves you. Now, we can minimize disappointment. One thing when people say this about not wanting to pursue goals because then they might feel disappointed, one thing that tells me is that they don't understand where disappointment comes from. And that's okay. A lot of us don't fully understand where our emotions come from. A lot of times we think that our emotions just happen to us, that they're kind of inevitable, like the weather forecast. Like if I pull out my phone, I look on the weather app and it says it's going to be rainy, then there's not much I can do about that, right? It's like, okay, it's going to be a rainy day. I just got to feel some rain, right? But that's not how it works. It's not that if we have a situation, like a failure, we don't achieve a goal. It's not that disappointment is automatically on our forecast for the day because our emotions don't just happen to us. Now, yes, there are some hormonal imbalances, but our typical emotions, when we're typically functioning, our emotions are created by us. So they come from this story that we tell ourselves about the situation. So if I don't exercise as much as I say I'm going to or as much as I hope to, then I start believing a story about myself and about my life, right? So if I start telling myself I was supposed to exercise and I didn't do it, I'm so flaky, I should have done better, 
I'm never going to get into a good exercise routine. All of that creates disappointment for me. It's not the fact that I didn't exercise. It's that I'm telling myself this story, right? And that's a very disappointing story. But the good news is I can choose whether or not I believe that story, whether or not I tell myself that story. So disappointment isn't just happening to me. I get to decide whether or not I create it. So we can minimize our disappointment. We do a lot of work on that in Bold Nurse Society. We can choose to minimize disappointment if we don't achieve a goal, if we try and we aren't as successful as we want to be. We can take a look at that and we can minimize that disappointment. Or we can minimize the disappointment on the other end of it. If we decide not to pursue the goal at all, we could start believing a different story about our current situation and about ourselves, and we could feel better. So we can reduce that disappointment. But like I said, the only way I know to fully cut it out is just to stop caring altogether. And I don't think that's what we want. And so I want you to know that you have more power than you might realize to control your disappointment. But it's also okay to experience it sometimes. So let's talk about some of the disappointment that we can minimize. So I think what we really don't like to feel, what we're avoiding when we don't set goals, isn't just the disappointment, it's when it builds. Like, yeah, I'm going to feel some disappointment if I'm like, I said I was going to exercise and I didn't and I was hoping to. Like, I want to have a healthier body. I think that would be really good for me. So I'm disappointed that I didn't get that result. But I think when it starts to build is when we make it mean all these things about ourselves that are kind of shaming us, when it turns into self-rejection. Like I'm not good enough and I'm too lazy or I'm such a failure. Like when we start believing that story, I think that's what we really dread when it comes to setting goals. We think that's inevitable, that if I don't achieve the goal, then I'm going to beat myself up about it. And that is all totally optional. So we might want to keep that disappointment in not achieving the goal and that we have this hope and this desire because that might serve us to keep that disappointment. But we can clean up that self-rejection. We don't have to beat ourselves up. We don't have to think it means all of this negative stuff about us. So if you don't get your certification, if you fail the test, so let's say you make the goal, you take the test, and you don't do it, you might feel some disappointment. You might want to feel some disappointment for not having gotten that certification, right? Because you were hoping to. You worked hard. It makes total sense that you'd feel disappointed. But we can clean up all that self-rejection. I'm not capable of this. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I shouldn't even be a nurse. All of that, that's just extra layers of disappointment and shame and self-rejection that isn't going to serve you. So when I say choose the disappointment that serves you, it's one, choose which path you want to choose as far as am I going to pursue the goal or I'm not, what's going to serve me better, but also which disappointment is going to serve me. Is that kind of face value, clean disappointment going to serve me? Probably. You probably want to experience that. But these other layers of disappointment, that's not going to serve you. 
and you get to choose what you indulge in, what story you believe and tell yourself. Okay? But the other thing I want you to know about disappointment is that it's not dangerous. None of it is. That clean disappointment, that more dirty self-rejection disappointment, none of it feels good, but none of it is dangerous. You're totally capable of feeling it, right? It's not going to harm you. It's not a tiger chasing you. It's just some sensations in your body that you're totally capable of feeling. And so as we build our tolerance for feeling disappointment, right? Like we can minimize it. We can clean some of it up, but also as we recognize it's not dangerous, that's when we're really able to let ourselves dream, when we're really able to step in to who we want to be and to pursue that life that we want to create. Being willing to be disappointed has served me very well in my life. I'm married because I was willing to be disappointed. All of those dates that didn't work out, all of those relationships that didn't work out were pretty disappointing. But it was worth it. It served me to choose that disappointment to get to the relationship I want to be in. Right? It served me to be willing to feel disappointed in nursing school. Because I didn't always do things perfectly. Sometimes I felt some disappointment in myself. But I was willing to feel that. I was willing to not do things perfectly and keep moving forward. And that's how I've grown in my skills and how I have this career that I love. My willingness to feel disappointed has opened me up to growing a business. Because things don't always work out the way I want them to in my business, right? Sometimes I try something and it doesn't work out. I run a Facebook ad and... It doesn't perform as well as I hope it would. That's kind of disappointing, right? But if I'm willing to feel disappointed, then I keep going. So I want you to look at where are you avoiding disappointment in your life? And at what cost? If you were willing to feel disappointed, if you were willing to be vulnerable, what would you try? What goals would you be willing to pursue? How would you be able to grow? There is so much available to us if we're just willing to experience some disappointment. And I promise you can totally handle it. All right, you guys. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for hanging out. Have a beautiful week. And I would love it if you would take a second to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a quick review for the podcast. That would be amazing. All right, you guys, I'll talk to you later. Take care.